What it do, baby? What it do? We are here at the Andrew Freeman home. What's up, Quaku? How you feeling, my G? I'm feeling good. How you feeling? Yo, I'm chilling, relaxed. Uh, this is going to be a great episode, I feel like. This is going to be a dope episode. So uh, we do have two special guests here in the building. We have Raul and we also have Omu. Give a round of applause for them, guys. First time being at the Andrew Freeman home. Omu, first time being here at the Andrew Freeman home. Do you like our setup here in this, uh, this beautiful room? Yeah, pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I love this. Hip-hop on sports. Yeah. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. We got the red lighting. We got the mood setting. You know what I'm saying? You know, the the yeah, we got the ambiance going. Everything. Candles going, everything. Oh, we got candles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got candles. I don't know where the candles are, but um, we're going to buy some maybe later on yeah. in the year. Um, <laughs> But so today's topic, it's, uh, it's really deep, but it's our Black History Month topic, which is Black History Month. Yeah, yeah, that's our topic. Black history and African history in um, football or soccer, what the Americans call, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, <laughs> I like soccer better. But first, I know we all love the game of soccer um, slash football. It's all in us. How did you start loving the game of football and soccer? Anybody can start. I started when I was very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, what age is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he came out the womb loving Straight soccer. Straight out the womb. Uh, uh, I was born in West Africa, Ghana. So soccer was a primary sport over there. So that's why I started playing and I grew up to love. Um, I started playing at a pretty young age. Uh, I think around four or five, but... I don't know, it just was something that was fun, and I always smiled when I did it, so I never stopped. So you didn't come out the womb like Kwaku? <laughs> no, no. I, it, was, it developed over time. <laughs> uh, Omu? I actually started here when I first moved to this country. Oh, wow. I always wanted to play basketball, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, my hang, hang game was not on. <laughs> so Bruh. soccer was the next option. Okay, okay. Uh, she got butterfingers. <laughs> <laughs> It happens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah, whatever. Um, I started soccer, playing soccer when I was 17, so I started really late um, playing soccer. Never um, too late. It's never it? too late. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Never too late. But if you think about it, yeah, I played soccer when I was 17, so that's late <laughs> to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, but 2010 World Cup, loved the start of the game. That was Landon Donovan scored that goal against Algeria. Um, and then from there on, started loving the game, going to Premier League, loving Man City. Um, that was the first team that I ever saw. So then I was just like, you know what, this is my team. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I never went through the ups and downs um, of Man City. Uh, but, you know, I came in, I guess, the right time. Yeah, to... I bet you did. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> Um, you're an Arsenal fan, aren't you, right, Raul? I am. Yeah, okay, so you don't say nothing no more? I stand by it. 2021 will be our year. Barely. If you um, say so. <laughs> if you say so, that's right, Omu. Um, so tell us about yourselves. Like, what do you guys do? Um, do you go to school? 
do you, I don't know what you do. Just tell the, the listeners what you do. Um, Uma over here. I am a soccer coach, yeah. full-time soccer coach. Uh-huh. Yes, I mainly work for City Soccer and Community. And we have the SNL program. Also, I coached two teams with Dusk. Okay. What's and Dusk? Downtown United Soccer Club. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, oh. I'm a full-time student. Yeah. <laughs> in <laughs> high school, y'all. Yeah, school, I go to college. Beacon High School in Manhattan. Um, so that takes up the majority of my time. But when I'm not studying or doing homework, I'm usually playing soccer, hanging out with my friends in Brooklyn. Which, which is where I live. Oh, Boogie. Not, not the Bronx, right? No. The best borough, right? Which is Absolutely. Brooklyn. Bronx. Well, you already know. Brooklyn is the best borough. No way. I'm sorry. There's no train that come out of Brooklyn. Yes, it's a lot of trains. Yes, there are. There's no bus. Try going to Brooklyn in the week, on the weekends. Oh, well, yes. well, we're not talking about that, okay? <laughs> we're not talking about taking a train on the weekend. We're talking about taking a train on the weekday, okay? Yep. Then you can get to anywhere on time. Um, shout out to MTA. Um, <laughs> keep up the good work. Yeah, keep up the good work. Thank I, you, I heard that they're they're trying to raise the cost of one fair swipe to three fifty. Oh, I don't know about Ooh. that. If that's happening, please don't do that. Y'all. There will be riots. <laughs> <laughs> please don't do that. So Omu, knowing that you are a soccer coach, and you know Raul, you play on the soccer team. I'm guessing at Beacon. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. In the MLS, this is a fun fact, there have only been five coaches, five black coaches in the MLS over the last 25 years. And NYCFC had Patrick Vieira. And he's not, he's, he's black, of course, yes, he's black, but he's a black Frenchman. The whole French yeah. soccer team yeah, French these days is well. basically all black. Yeah, um, but how do you guys feel about black coaches? There's no black coaches right now in soccer, in right now. I mean, yes, there's Terry Henry in Montreal Impact right now, which is beautiful. Um, but how do you feel about like the culture of, of soccer not having black coaches? Or have you ever- Is this like in US? Um, Just in general? Yeah, in general. Um, I think like, I mean, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna base mine off of just like U.S. in general. Yeah. I don't think soccer is some is was something that a lot of black people grew up playing. Mm. They were playing basketball, American football, right. something else, baseball. So for them, for especially our generation right now, where like a lot of youth are playing soccer, mm. there's not a lot of you know role models to look up to because they never play soccer, and it's kind of like okay, nah. I'm going to be a basketball coach. You might see them as a basketball coach, but not a soccer coach. Right. And I just think it's all based on the sport you play in the country. Kweku, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Raul, how y'all feel about? Um, I, feel like it's, I feel like it's all about like, like the force, because some people grew up in a family of like, like, like almost like basketball, baseball, like track. So like it's up to the people you hang out around with day to day that who's gonna like inspire you if you wanna be if you wanna play soccer or you if you wanna grow up to be a, like a soccer coach. So it's right. just determine like your passion and like yeah. your environment. Yeah. Yeah. Also um twenty years ago or thirty years ago when the MLS was starting, I mean just 
black culture hadn't really um, like responded to soccer yet, especially That's since true. it's, I mean, it's a relatively new sport mm. in sports history in America. But I mean, you mentioned Patrick Vieira and Terry Henry. Like, I mean, that's like recent improvement. So I think that it, it's kind of underscoring that like change is slowly progressing, mm -hmm. which is which is a good thing. Of so course. I think it's just a matter of time before we start to see an influx of black coaching. Yeah, I think now, like in general, soccer is getting big in America. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that throughout time, and I think if people of color start to watch the game of soccer more, which they are, yeah. I, I believe they are, um, then they will get a more, they will have more black coaches that, to come to the league, even if it's a, a woman coach. Mm. I, I just want representation on both sides. Um, it, it's kind of funny, actually, because like, uh, when you go to the um, soccer conventions, mm -hmm. you don't see a lot of blacks mm. there. I mean in the past mm -hmm. but I remember I went lot this year in January the one in Baltimore mm -hmm. there were a lot of black coaches really? yes and most of them were Caribbean yeah. I'm not gonna lie and <laughs> Africans but you could you could see that it is growing and <laughs> it's not just for like a black female I mean black male coaches yeah. there were a lot of black female coaches oh, that's beautiful. in there that's beautiful yeah so yourself as, as well yeah. being there Speaking about the the, uh, the coaches convention, because I've never been there. How how is it? Like, what's what's the main topics that they that they touch on? Like, what they do there? They try to cover like a lot of different topics, and I remember there there was one topic that was talking about how to coach immigrants. Mm. Yeah, so non documented immigrants. Right. I I couldn't go to the topic because I had a different session that I had already planned out to go to, <laughs> okay. and it just. It gives you over, there's partners that, and there's classroom sessions where um, people come and talk about their books and how like their philosophy of developing, developmental of the youth mm. academic players. So it's pretty interesting. And then there are a lot of really great sessions that are going on. Right. Some that are for youth and some you just like, yeah, I'm not going to use this. <laughs> this, is, this is not it. This is not it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, going back to Omu was speaking about um, that kids of color only play basketball or yeah. American football. Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think it's just like shining the light on only basketball, American football, baseball? Like, why is it like that's the only sports that us people of color can do? I feel like that's what you see on TV the most. You know? Yeah, for if sure. You, if you turn on the TV, and or like if you go outside, you know, there's more like basketball courts outside, right. and soccer pitches and stuff like that. So it's what you see on, it's it's what you see on on TV, and right. like what are your friends doing? So like, you turn on the TV, go to ESPN, it's basketball, 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 LeBron, you know, Kobe, yeah. you know, these are like people that recipes Kobe. Yeah, yeah, recipes Kobe. These are like legends and like great basketball players that we look up to you know so, right so i feel like it's just how american coaches raise you know basketball and american football yeah yeah, yeah i definitely think so too because like if i grew up watching a sport where mainly um i'm being represented i see that somebody looks like me and yeah. playing that sport oh i'm gonna be like that when i grow up so i have a role model of somebody to look up to which is awesome and also there's a difference between how like U.S. structure, like this sport, 
and then how other countries do it. For, for instance, if you go to Europe, I mean, I was in France, and in France, there are mini soccer pitches mm. around. So it's not hard for them to go out and play soccer. Right. On the other hand, you come to U.S., there's more, mainly basketball courts. Right. So it's like, okay, I'm going to go shoot some yeah. hoop. And it makes sense that the basketball and American football will grow as a sport in this country than soccer. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, we are changing that in Sydney. Yeah, community. we definitely um, And it is a very expensive sport in America. It, it was, but now it's changing slowly. Yeah, big facts. I mean, we do have the 50 blue pitches that will be built in the next two years. We already have 29, I believe. Um, and it's all over the five boroughs. So please check that out um, if you guys want to see where the blue pitches are. Um, Staten Island included. Yes, yeah, Staten Island is including <laughs> that. It's part of New York. Yeah, it's a part of New York. Is yes, it is legally. <laughs> yes, legally they are part of the five boroughs, um, but they are the forgotten boroughs sometimes. <laughs> um, when we're talking about um, like black athletes, right? Because you spoke about LeBron James. Um, are there any black athletes that you guys look up that's in soccer? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot. It's a okay. long list. It's yeah. a long list of soccer players. Can you name two can from I each youth? Yeah. Can I name two? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we can't repeat any of them. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll go first then. <laughs> okay. I'm going to name my two favorites. Ito. All right. Ladies first. Go. Yes, ladies first. Ito has always been my favorite. All right. Okay. And Didier Drogba, obviously. All right. Drogba. All right. Drogba. Why? Why Drogba? Well, Either one. Oh, what? because Drogba, I feel like he's the type of player that always hustle. And he, when he was on the field, he, if he does not get the ball, he will put his body on top of you to get that ball. And I'm a type of player, I don't have a lot of skills, but I look up to Drogba because he was mainly about strength for him. And that was beautiful to me. And also, he does a lot of stuff back home for his country. Yes, which that's the is, Ivory Coast, is yes, that correct? Ivory Coast, yes. which is really Court. good. You got to give it's it back amazing. to the community. You know, that's the community he was brought up in, and right. then he became big. He went back. He spent stuff on his hometown, and there it is. Mm -hmm. And for Ito, yeah, he's, a, he's just a beast. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Big facts. Uh, for me, I'm not going to say Sterling, because I know Kwame's going to say it. So. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to say Michael Asian when he played for Chelsea, and Memphis Depay, uh, both Ghanaian wow. origins, so like... I really looked up to them because of like their skills that they, how they played in the Premier League and mm -hmm. what they did back for the country. You know, they went back to the country and gave back. They didn't just come to America playing the Premier League and like, oh, I made it. You know, right. I'm gonna forget about my origin. You know, it's like, oh, right. Africa made me. You know, this country made me. So big ups. Yeah, so. Africa. <laughs> Call me. No, Raul. I'm, I'm still con I'm You're still picking. Yeah, I'm but running through a lot. I could give you more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Um, I'm definitely going to say Ryan Sterling. Um, big facts. I have to say Ryan Sterling because um, it's it's not what he does on the pitch. Like he's top class, um, but I think it's also what he does off the pitch. Um, he does talk about things that's happening in the Premier League, um, racism, um, and I think at his age, I think he's 25. I think. 24, I don't know his age, sorry, Raheem. Um, but um, he, in general, is just, I just think 
the world of him, honestly, because he's just it. He's him. He's Aww. Raheem Sterling. Um, <laughs> yo, at Raheem Sterling, yo. I'm just going to say. He needs a you. Valentine's Day, that's why. It is Valentine's Day. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Thank you, Raheem. Appreciate you. Um, what you do on and off the field. Um, please keep doing what you're doing. Um, but yeah, Raheem Sterling. Um, and I'm going to say Sean Johnson, man. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to say players that's here. Um, okay. Shout out to Sean Johnson because I think, um, you know, being a black player in the MLS is not a lot of us. Um, yeah. And he does represent the goalkeeper union. Um, I'm not a goalkeeper, though, but uh, I think he's he is a beacon of one of the black players that I do look up to because I think being black in Major League Soccer, that's just like, wow, you you actually make it and you actually made it. So shout out to Sean Johnson. And a goalkeeper. And a goalkeeper, yeah. facts, big facts. He's a leader. He's a leader, yeah. yeah. Big facts. Raul? Um, it's an NYC-sponsored podcast, so I won't really talk about <laughs> Tyler Adams. but um, You could talk about Tyler Adams. I mean, we might I'll use <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. I'll use um, Alfonso Davies, who used to play for the Vancouver Whitecaps, I think. Yeah, what do you play for now? Um, Bayern. Yeah, Bayern Munich. Yes. Um, I'm putting him in one of my top twos, uh, um, primarily just because he like he was able to complete the journey that like I aspired to as a kid, um, just like playing like a less popular sport in a country and and being good enough and persevering enough. Um, he is Canadian. Yeah, you're right. True. Um, but still, hockey dominates. Yeah. That's, but, true. Um, That's true. But just to make it to Bayern and now, like, being in the starting 11, like, every game, it's just, like, super impressive. And at such a young age, like, he's got so much potential. I use him a lot in FIFA. He's a beast. <laughs> um, and I'd probably say Paul Pogba for the second one. Wow, I'm not doing well. Yeah, you're not doing really well. <laughs> you're an Arsenal fan, man. Arsenal. I mean, I mean here, Paul let, me, Pogba is, let me explain. All right, explain, bro. Um, he gets a lot of stick in the media for being lazy, for being injured all the time. And, like, I've even seen, like, people just, like, characterize him as a diva, which probably, like, when you're getting as much money as he is, he, he is. But um, just on his day, like, watching him is probably, like, one of the best things you can do. Like, he's just, like, an artist and, like, I've... Like, I try to, like, emulate his game in a way. Um, I just really like the way he plays, and he's, like, he's just so calm, and, like, it just shows in his passing and his shooting, and it just, like, I like that he's able to express himself through his hair. That's another thing. He's very stylish. So, yeah. He does play for Manchester Red. Um, yeah, we don't say the other word. It's just Manchester <laughs> Red. Um <laughs> But going back to um, Raheem Sterling, um, <laughs> yes, Raheem Sterling. He's one of the biggest influences on racism right now in the game, in the sport of soccer. Um, how do you guys feel about him speaking up about racism and should more black players do this? Definitely. I think, I think it's brilliant what he's doing, honestly, because we need more rep representation out there. You know, and I know, especially in European football, I mean soccer, it is very tough for a 
dark skin people to play. Mm. They'll do the monkey chant, yeah. throw banana bananas at players, and it just Mario Balotelio. Yeah, oh, he's just one and, of like hundreds of yeah. players that have like been oppressed throughout mm -hmm. during a game. And that's one of the reasons why I also love Ito. I remember the time that he was playing in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of time that he used to do those monkey chants and yeah. throw bananas at him. And I remember one of the game he literally took the ball, walk off the field. Mm. It's disrespectful for the fact that they are doing that to us, knowing that even. Some of them might even be their own club's fan, but they so do that to you. And he's like, are you kidding me? But at the end of the day, if few, not just one, not just Sterling, but if more of color players stood up and say, you know what, this is enough. Right. And then it go, it start from them, and then it slowly start going up. Maybe the federation could take more, right. you know, example, actions. actions yeah. 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 And then eventually lead to something bigger. Not just finding them small amount, big amount. Right. Adding on, um, I think Raheem Sterling has been a great leader in um, trying to provoke change. And I guess I would point to um, Khalidou Koulibaly on Napoli, who's like also started to advocate way more um, just based on incidents that have happened to him personally. And I just think that like since you have like the caliber of these players um, setting the president, mm -hmm. um, it's just like Umu said, it's just going to lead to further change. And I think that it's heading in a good direction. Right, right. Yeah, I feel like what he's doing, like, off the pitch with, like, the Nike ads. So, like, yeah. he's just, like, promoting, like, what this soccer should be about. It's not just, like, about one color. It's a, it's a unification, you know. It's different colors coming together because of the love of the sports they have. So it shouldn't be about what color you are or where you're from. It's just to come together and just play the game and have fun. So... If it's about the color you have, then that is not, you know, there's there's no need for you to come to the game at all. Sure. You could just sit at home and watch on TV. Watch it at home. Probably. Yes, because <laughs> at the end of the day, soccer is love. Yeah. Yeah, it is that non-conditional love that all of us have. It's that down, agape so. love right there. Yeah. yeah, soccer is just a universal sport, universal language that everybody can play. Um, but, yeah, big shouts out to Raheem Sterling. Please, please, please don't stop. Don't let the media tell you to stop talking about um, racism in soccer. Please keep doing what you're doing. Um, Stand up for the next generation. And also, one more thing, like, not only is he um, advocating so much during, through, like, in his Nike campaigns, but he's also just, like, proving it on the field, too. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't really need to, like, list out some of his stats. And it's just, like, <laughs> I just think that it. he just speaks for himself. Like, if he's able to do both off the field and on the field, it just shows, like, how powerful and how important it is to do both. Yeah, absolutely. Going to what Kwaku said about um, ads like Nike showing a bigger picture on um, black athletes like Raheem Sterling um, and then also doing the piece on LeBron James, uh, also having a piece on um, Serena Williams. Um, do you feel like ads should show more about like athletes, like black athletes, or even women athletes, or just a, a bigger picture of, of everything? Definitely, because like, I feel like it helps their branding too, because mm -hmm. like, if you're not, like, if you have all these like top athletes that you have signed, right, right. and you're not promoting them and not showing them on TV, mm -hmm. the people that are like buying and watching all these players, they're not really going to have that connection. Mm -hmm. To have that connection with the consumers and the buyers, you have to have the supply and demand. So, like, if you're not 
promoting them, telling the background story. There's nobody that they're going to look up to, you know, mm. the kids like me, you know, like you guys, you look up to like the soccer players, the basketball players, on all those different sports. Like the brands do their job because if they don't show what is really behind the scenes, what is that? It affects them too, you know, they have to, they lose money and endorsement deals and stuff like that. So like, I feel like showing that support that all, all these players, like, it kind of like shows what this whole thing is about, you know, you just yeah. don't, Sign a player to sign a player because oh he's the best player. You sign him because you know that oh like he he could help the next generation. You know. Right. And plus they could sell. Yeah. You know. Because if I put Paul Drogba on my commercial or like LeBron James, yeah, there are kids out there that look up to those players, yeah. and that's what I want. I want to wear that shoes yeah. for my next game, and then they go out there and buy that. So you need to represent us more, mm. so that you we will give you more back. And it's not like we don't give you more. Mm. But exactly. you need to give us more because we, like, yeah, the supply and demand, demand. Yeah. exactly. Give and take. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, not only just race, but I think the the gender situation also needs to be extended. I guess I'm not I'm not really sure, but I'm pretty sure that Nike did a, a commercial or or something with the assistant coach of the San Francisco 49ers. They did. They right. Did, yeah. Um, and I mean. I just, yeah, I, I can't, I just, I saw a couple times on TV and I think that um, it, it's good. Like, I, I, I didn't know, I, I could only name one other female coach in all of um, American sports. Um, and I just, like, without them, like, I mean, I don't know if the 49ers would have been in the Super Bowl, you know? It's just a testament to, like, her coaching. And I just think that, like... If there's one, there's obviously more. So it's about like expanding the resources that these big brands have to 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 promote more women in sports too. Yeah, I think we need we need to have more representation of women in sports. Yeah, That's and just I, yeah. I feel like it shouldn't just be like a a specific occasion that they show because like I saw it during the Super Bowl right. commercial, you know. So if it wasn't a Super Bowl commercial, I would have never know that the forty nine offensive coordinator is, you know, is a woman. Yeah, so just that's definitely true. It right. should just you know, just promote it all the time, put it on the website, you know, mm -hmm. just not specific events, you know. Right, right. Most definitely. I think on a bigger picture, I think ads like Nike has been showing so much um, love to black athletes. A lot of black Definitely. athletes. So, um, yeah, and Adidas too. So yeah, Adidas. I saw. I think I saw like one or two from Adidas. I think they're starting out to do that more. Um, going to movies and TV because you know I think that's a good segue from ads TV. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about res representation on in TV and movies? Do you see a lot of black people on the movie screens, or is it we just, how do you feel about it? There's not a lot of representation. There could be more, definitely. Yeah. I mean, especially when it comes to those big award ceremony, you like could, Oscars. you see it, yeah. and it's like, what is this? Like, like Oscars, so yeah. white. <laughs> <laughs> right. It is ridiculous how traumatic it is. And I'm like, there are a lot of great black movies out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, and black actors too. How right. come they never get the recognition that they deserve? Mm. You know, and I know there's this new movie coming out um, called Love, I think, 
and is based off all black characters. And I'm like pretty excited to watch it. And then I see a commercial about it and they're like, this is about black love because you don't see black couple being represented at a movie theater just like that. It mainly is about, you know, different races, you know, mainly white. Yeah, I mean, why can't it just be, um, why can't it just be love? Like, why does it have to be black love? It's just like, it, I feel like, especially commercials, I think they just try to cater to other races by noting that, like, that example, like, instead of it just being love, it's black love. And in that way that it's just like, it's showing that the movie's like, kind of like closed off, you know, and there's no room for like expansion. Right. I don't think it's technically closed off is just telling us, you know, there's this for us now, you know? Because, yeah. like, we've seen it a lot. I mean, I love going to movies, and mostly the movie that I go to, there's not a lot of black characters in them. But they still, do, I... They die early. Okay. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> but... I do have to say, LL Cool J did not die in that movie, so what he's movie? the only black person that never died. Oh, you talk about uh, Jaws? Jaws. Yes. I was like, yeah, he lied. Yes. Yes, we made it. We made it. <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat every time. Man. <laughs> like, oh, the black one going to die first. <laughs> we going to make it. We going to make it. Nope. Nope. We didn't make it. Um, but I mean, on TV, there's like blackish... Um, but that's yeah, that's my ish. point. Like yeah, that's yeah. that's what I mean by closed off. Like it's not just ish. It's it's blackish, you know. Yeah. And then there's grownish, but it's just I like, like grownish. And then there's mixish. Yeah, it good. is mixish too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Why can't it just be ish? That's ish. Right. I guess we Yeah. I guess we could say that, right? It's like <laughs> blackish, grownish. I mean, there there was Black Panther representation oh, of a superhero. That was, that was the best representation yeah, right. ever. Like I started like the whole thing, like the whole movement of like having like black movement, you know, because like that movie, what is it? It was mostly like black and African cast, right? Yes. Right. So when you when I was going through your theater and what I saw on like the social media, right? Those white people going to the movies and like, what is it having like what is it black attire or like African attire? African attire. <laughs> and it was like what kind of forever and like. Before, like, when I go to the movies, I'm not going to see, no, like, when I go to watch, like, a black movie, I'm not going to see, like, no, like, mostly white people in there, like, but that Black Panther, like, was universal, you know, everyone was, mm, everyone was, everyone everyone was watching it, like, and everyone was just loving it, so. Let me ask you a question. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, go. That one was on a bigger level, because yes. it's Marvel. Marvel yes. does everything big. Yeah. And honestly, looking at Black Panther, a lot of the stuff in it, they represent Black and African. The music was beautiful. Where they shout did the Kendrick. shots. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar. He yeah, but not just Kendrick Lamar. You could shout out to Yusundur too, because he has a song in there, That's and true. he's African, full blown African. And the shots were okay. amazingly done. Some of them were done in Africa. Yeah. The clothing was beautifully was, done as was, well. So I gotta give it up to <laughs> Black Panther. Do you think that if Black Panther wasn't in Marvel, people would still see that? People would still see what? See, see Black Panther. Like, if it was not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, do you Definitely. think people would still see that? I mean... It'd be tough. I, yeah. So it was a great movie. Um, but, you know, as soon as the Marvel brand get, gets put on something, yeah. it just, like, you just add a couple million to its sales. Right. I don't think it would have broken all the records that it did um, without the, the exposure that Marvel was able to produce because of their money. Of course. Yeah. That's so true. 
It was great, though. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Can't wait for Black Panther 2 to come out. I think it's coming out. Is like that confirmed? 2022 or something Oh, like Lord. Oh. Gotta wait for hope. I'm not going to lie to you. I did go to Black Panther in my... <laughs> <laughs> I was, I had my, I had my dashiki on. I had everything. It was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. There was a lot of people in there. Um, I mean, yeah, I felt, it was really good. And there was this movie. I think it came out this year, in the January or like last December. It was what is it? Just Mercy uh, with Michael B. Just, Jordan. It just and came out. What is it? Jamie Foxx? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's about what is it? This guy died graduated from Harvard and like represent people who didn't have like that money to to what is it pay for like high yeah. lawyers and stuff like yeah. that big facts big so facts it's just about like seeing most of our characters on TV and movies being represented so for us like you could be now like have someone to look up to or be like oh I want to be the next person to be on movies or TVs because, you know, I feel like we're not presented enough. So, like, yeah, like Spider Man verse. Yeah, yeah, Spider Man, yeah. Like, little Into kids be like, yeah, he looks like me. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Miles Morales. Like, okay. Yeah, Miles I, I, went, I came back to school after like a weekend when the movie came out. Everybody I, was saying that you're Miles yep, Morales. You look like him. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, <laughs> We'll put up a picture so you guys can see. Yeah, big facts. We're gonna put up a photo of Raul and Miles Morales on our Instagram. It'll um, just be the same person. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to um, soccer, uh, football, um, men's national team and women's national team. Um, black representation is very few in the national level. Um, just to name a few from. The men's national team, Reggie Cannon, uh, Bill Hamid, Sean Johnson, Jonathan Lewis, Mark McKenzie, and then, then on the women's national team, Crystal Dunn, Adriana F- French, I hope I said that right, um, Jessica McDonald, Kristen Press, and Mallory Pugh, just to name a few. Um, how do you guys feel about representation on the national level with players that don't look like us? I think it's coming. You think it's coming? I think it's coming slowly. I mean, it's not just going to pick up like yeah. that. You have to also remember... It takes time, but so, changed. Yeah, especially with soccer in U.S., it's it nice. just kind of really just really started. Yeah. So it's going to take time for that to develop. Mm. And I think it's going to happen. Maybe one day U.S. national team will look like the French national team. Yeah. I agree. I think... Um, We've got like a lot of youth coming in, um, a lot of like uh, youth of color specifically. I mean, just to list a few, you've got like Tyler Adams, Weston McKenney, those guys playing in Europe. You've got Tim Weah doing his thing at Lille. Um, Lille, yeah. Lille, yeah. Um, and then John Brooks, who's playing in the first division of Germany, Sean Johnson. Right. And... Zach Steffen, yeah, facts. affiliated yeah. with Man City. You're, ah, you're thank welcome. You. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank <laughs> Glad you I could help. Um, <laughs> the future is bright. That's what I would say. And okay. Serginho Dest, he chose the U.S. team over, over Netherlands. That is huge. huge. Netherlands is also, they've got a little bit of color too, you know. Yeah, they do have a lot of color. I feel like a lot of, some, not a lot, a lot of European countries also have some color in them. Yeah, oh, I mean, the, the French national team, not to be political, I mean, that's an African national team right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, French national team, it's represented by a lot of African countries, but, but because um, the situation, 
um, they were born in, in France. So some of them, but yeah, okay. yes, <laughs> yeah. some of them. Um, but yeah, so I, I just hope, I hope that the men's national team and the women's national team can get represented by black and Spanish people. To be honest, mm -hmm. to be fair, because I mean the color that is America is. It's not just white, it's black, it's Spanish. It's we need all like the minority. And I mean, that's how you know, best players come from. Yes, and I think it, it will, honestly, because now the sport has become more affordable to people. It's not just the elite playing soccer anymore because they could afford that. Now there's more opportunities for people of color, scholarship for them to go play at, at a certain places. I remember when I first came to this country, honestly, I was the... Me and my best friend, we were the only two black girls on the soccer team. And it was behind soccer club, but still, it was like everybody else was white and then we were the only black people. Right. It kind of felt weird sometimes, but I'm there to play the game. And definitely now, if you look at other teams, like Dust, I know like Dust, one of my teams, mm -hmm. I have a couple of black girls in there and Spanish girls. Wow. And that's progress. That is. Yeah. It's big progress. And I also feel like to play all like on the national level, it depends on the play too, because like yeah, it's skill too. Yeah, so like you have the option, like Rarusa, you know, he, he could have played for Netherlands, but he showed the U.S. team. So it's up to the players what they want to play. That's so, yeah. true. That's true. Um, I noticed that we in the group we did a lot of calling of black, African American, and then people of color. So let's just clear the air now. Mm -hmm. How do you guys want to be called? What do you want to be called? Black, African descent, African American, or people of color? I'm African. Okay. I'm African. You're African. <laughs> I don't know. I'd rather just be called Raul, honestly. Mm. Um, I like that, Raul. Yeah. Well, it's hard because my mom is from Puerto Rico and my dad was just born in Ohio. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I guess... I would just say that I'm biracial, honestly. Um, but I, mix this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want. It's sad that a lot of um, people. The first thing that they see when they look at me or other people of color is the color of their skin. Right. I'd rather just be judged on like how I am as a person. Right. My name. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. That makes sense, and also maybe by my nationality, not just by my color. Right. I mean, Africa is big. Africa is a continent. There are light-skinned people in Africa. There yeah. are dark-skinned people in Africa. Right. There's all type of shape and colors. And for a lot of time when I, people just call me African, I'm just like, no, I'm Malian. Mm. But then I am also American. So right. you can't just label me like that. Right. So why don't you call me Malian then? Right. How about you, Kwame? It's, it's really tough. It's like tricky. It's really like tough to say like um because when you're doing say for instance the 2020 census is coming along like the race on there is going to say black or african-american or african descent yeah i normally put others you put other yeah oh, wow. when it comes to checking boxes i mm -hmm. put other wow what do you what do you check Bro, if they if you if you had to pick yourself, I'm not old enough to check boxes. I know yet. you're not old enough to check boxes yet, um, but it's gonna be a time where you are gonna have to check a box. True. So, are you gonna put? What are you gonna put? I know it's tough right now to say. It is. I'm sorry. It's also weird because I don't have like the piece of paper in front of me, so it's I'm kind of trying to envision. 
So it's going to say white or Caucasian. They put Latino. Yeah, they put Latino, Hispanic, right? And then they put black, um, black, African descent, African American. And then they have Asian, South uh, Pacific. um, And then they have other. Um, It'd be a lot easier if there was a biracial box. (laughs) I think just based on those, I'd probably put black. Mm-hmm. or African-American, um, just because I feel like I've had more exposure to that culture than the, the Hispanic side right. of my culture or identity. I don't know. I think it's really hard to say. It's really hard to say. Like Raul said, I would love to be called my name. My name is Kwame, you know. And then my name is from an African country, so that's already... Oh, you African? <laughs> no, no, I'm not African. Um, but my ancestors are from Africa. All everybody's ancestors are from Africa. Um, That's what people forget, though. Yeah, people forget that. Um, but, you know, I am uh, Afro, I say Afro-Caribbean, you know? Afro-Caribbean American. 246, 246. 246, baby. <laughs> 246. If you don't know what that is, that is a Barbados area code. Thank you so much. Area code. Um but yeah, you know, but my family is also from Guyana too. Um, so I have two Caribbean backgrounds and then um, I was born here in America with an African name. <laughs> so I would like to be called Kwame from now on. Um, but if I have starting, to check, yeah, starting now, starting now. <laughs> starting now. Um, but if I have to check off a box, of course, um, I will have to pick black or African-American because that is what's on the box. And I feel like we shouldn't have no boxes no more. Let's not check anything. Hopefully by the time I can check a box, there will be more box options. Yes. See. Hope, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, another question that I think is going to rattle some chains, but um, do you get annoyed when other people call you um, or other people of color say, oh, you talk white. Why do you dress white? How, um, on a scale of one to ten, how annoying is it? Let's just go around. I think it's 100,000. Yeah? I agree with you. 100,000. Okay, great. I don't, I don't even know how to start. Like, my school is, I don't want to get into it. All right, it. one billion. All yeah. right. I, I really don't care. Oh, you don't care? Ooh, no. Spicy. Honestly, I never did. Okay. I think it's, an, I only think it's annoying because of the fact of just like, because... I talk proper. I have to be white for that. Like any, like I know. I definitely know that people that are Asian or people that are white, people that are Spanish, they talk proper. Everybody has like a talk, like hood talk. You know, what I'm saying like, but I just get annoyed when people say, "Oh, you talk white." It's like, no, I talk proper because I know how to speak proper. I'm educated. Yeah, I'm educated. Yeah, sorry I don't use, like, colloquialism. <laughs> My bad. My bad. <laughs> why don't you care? Why don't, why don't you care? Oh. Well, well, have you heard me speak? My accent, huh? Yeah, it's true, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I, I have an accent. I have a really thick accent, and it's different. Right. So no matter what you say about my accent, I'm like, but I speak two languages. Oh, so hold that down. Take that. Hold that. <laughs> Oh, that. They're like, no, that's how you pronounce it. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> Just give me time. <laughs> so, like, it doesn't affect me. It, 
like growing up, it was mainly how I dressed that mm. I got a lot of backlash, I guess. They're like, yeah, why are you always wearing like white people stuff? And I'm just like, it's a style. I like it. Right. But that's my style. That's style. It's also not their stuff. Like, yeah. What are you talking Ex- about? Thank you. <laughs> thank you, sir. <laughs> I bought this with my own money. Exactly. <laughs> and then they want me to wear like, you know, them Jordans and then them fancy stuff. I don't have money Society. for those. <laughs> Society wants us to dress the type of way yeah. because of our color. We have mm-hmm. to have Jordans. We have to have the highest, like, dope sh- clothes. I don't even know what they say these days with clothes. I'm really not. I'm really not big into clothes. Like, I don't care about clothes. Like, but, my own fashion is my own fashion. And it's also, like, you get, like, judged based on how you, you dress, you know? Of course. Like, if you're a black man or, like, just a black person in general, and you're walking around, right, with a hoodie on, people might look at you a different way. They might cross the street. Exactly. Because of, <laughs> of how you, just keep you look and how you dress. So, like, yeah. I feel like... That stigma is still there in 2020. Oh no, it's gonna be there for a while too, and I think that's also like it has a lot to do with the media, how media portrays us yeah. in general. They need to be a better yeah. portrait of us yeah. out there. My school, um, it's it's a sticky situation in my school where um, the administration is under a lot of heat just because of a couple of different issues, but. Um, just today, we actually didn't have any classes, and we um, had a day dedicated to Black History Month. So all students um, were required to attend like workshops through um, instead of classes. And they, I went to a couple. One was a documentary like screening, and another one I went to was like just educating about voter suppression. And it was just a cool day, just to kind of um, learn a little bit more. You know, everyone can learn something, especially about Black culture, because there's so much to learn. But um, I don't know. I just thought it was cool, and it kind of run, reminded me of what we were talking about. So I thought I'd share. Oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, so at the ending of all of our podcasts, we go in a circle and talk about like a wrap up of how you feeling, of what do you want to say to our listeners. So I mean. Oh, not Raul, sorry. Kwaku, <laughs> uh, if you want to go first and enlighten these two beautiful people that came um, on how we do it, the mic is yours, sir. Um, what is it? There's this quote by Maya Angelou that I live by just today. Uh, I, I don't know the exact quote, but it says, people will forget what you did. People people will forget what you did. People will forget what you said. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one. That's deep. Wow, that was crazy. That's deep. <laughs> we coding? I was just going to say, hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> hi, mom. <laughs> um, it's Friday. Yeah. That's cool. That is cool. I don't know. I mean, during one of the workshops, the, the intro was like, we had to take this really weird test that was um, basically what the government in like the 1960s used um, to suppress black voters. And it was basically like, What's a word that is the same that has the same spelling backwards and 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 forwards and just like a bunch of super obscure questions that like twisted my mind and everyone in the class and it just like like just just to think that like the lack of education that black people were getting at that time um, in addition to that test it just made me feel like 
pretty awful because I, I know like that test made me struggle, so I can only imagine what it would have done to them. But this pa- the, the podcast has been great. So yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, okay, well, I guess like this, this is to all out there who are listening. Be the best version of yourself because at the end of the day, nobody can change who you are, you know? They might look at you differently, but deep down, you know who you are. Keep it up. For sure, for sure. Big. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, people of color, if you're listening right now, please, please wake up. Um, I think we all need to know what's happening in our culture, what's happening around the world, um, and be enlightened, you know, just watch what we say. Um, there's always going to be negative connotations on people of color. Um, but just know that we all together, we need to be together. Um, and it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail. Um, but I think it's also together as a group, we need to, um, to pass and to thrive together. I think that's what we need to all realize. So, thank you so much, Omu, Raul, Kwaku. I appreciate you guys, of course, coming through to the podcast. You feel me? Yes, Kwame. (laughs) Thank you you for the invite. Of course, of course, of course. And um, can't wait for the next episode. Stay tuned to that, y'all. Of course, peace and love.